Welcome to Pod TST, the instant reaction show. I am Kenneth Arthur, and this is a show that comes out right after every Rams game every week. And uh, we'll just be talking about what happened, what was good, what was bad. And, you know, for these preseason editions, I think I even have a more important job. Unlike NFL players who are taking it easy this time of year, <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, my job is even more important because if you're listening to this, it's possible. You didn't watch the whole game, maybe, you know, or maybe you you didn't you weren't able to make it. You know, this game was not only in the preseason and all of your uh, favorite stars, for the most part, were uh, taking it the night off again, just taking it easy, taking a little bit of chill pills tonight. Uh, but that's good. We want them to chill. Get out of the way uh, at this particular point of time because the regular season is what's going to matter in terms of score so uh yes did the chargers uh win 13 points and did the rams uh win six points yes both of them had their respective wins in terms of points and uh, overall la chargers had more of the points so you know that's not really here nor there uh we don't care so much uh, the Rams did have an opportunity to tie the game towards the end of the fourth quarter and quarterback Devlin Hodges. Many of you know him as Duck Hodges. I haven't been calling him Duck because he doesn't put Duck on his Twitter page. So if he doesn't put Duck on his Twitter page, I assume he's not pushing that name out there a ton, but I could be wrong. But uh, anyway, if he really wanted to get his name out there tonight, he doesn't want his name out there because he did throw an interception uh, on what could have potentially been a, a game-tying touchdown throw, although we already know that Matt Gay missed an extra point earlier in the contest, would have had to still make an extra point in order to tie the game had Hodges uh, successfully completed that throw, but it was also fourth down. So even if it was incomplete, it was going to be a turnover anyway. So that part didn't really necessarily matter. And again, it's just because it's the preseason, you know, the Rams are going for it and stuff instead of at that point, they could have kicked a field goal. I guess it was maybe earlier in the fourth quarter. Don't come here for timestamps uh, on the game. So uh, that would not be my strength at this point would be to tell you when things happened. Uh, but I'll do my best to tell you what happened. And uh, Devlin Hodges, I think, played pretty well. I do think that Devlin Hodges is a backup quarterback in this league. Um, and I say that as a compliment. Not very many people are starting quarterbacks in this league, including a lot of the starters. So uh, as far as Devlin Hodges goes, I think, you know, he does have enough talent in his arm and his legs uh, to potentially be a backup quarterback in the NFL. And we also know like that, it, that feels like, yeah, so what? But at the same time, he's not that close to achieving that. I still think that after this game, John, Wolford looks to be the backup behind Matthew Stafford. Um, some people may want to talk about Bryce Perkins as well, because Bryce Perkins, you know, did good things on Saturday night as well. Uh, but I think that the Rams, you know, the things that Bryce Perkins did well, like uh, being able to scramble and run the ball, you know, quarterbacking, that's very good to have in your pocket, but quarterbacking is, uh, uh, I don't want to use the, you know, the pun or the wordplay to say like quarterbacking is about staying in the pocket. Uh, Cause it's a little too clever, you know, like, yeah, if I had said that, uh, maybe 15% of people would have said like, Oh, that's clever. But I think a larger percentage of people would have said, Oh, how clever. 
So uh, I'm only going to go ahead and explain why I didn't say it, uh, which didn't at all make me forget what I was talking about. I swear to God, it didn't uh, do that. So uh, Devlin Hodges, Bryce Perkins, <laughs> I think that uh, that the playbook is maybe a little bit, um, you know, it's just a little bit too different from Bryce Perkins to Matthew Stafford. Um, and... Really, you know, any quarterback in any playbook has to be able to throw the football well. And I don't know if we've seen um, that from Perkins yet. And it probably was also the thing that he had coming out of Virginia, why he went undrafted uh, last year. But this was also Bryce Perkins' first ever NFL game, having there not been a preseason last year. So uh, good for him to be able to go out there and, you know, have a, a good game, you know, through a touchdown, finished seven of 10 for 42 yards, but don't worry about the numbers. The numbers don't matter. I know that uh, it feels like, just remember that all these preseason stats and especially anybody that releases a practice stat, just remember like, don't let it trick your mind. You know, it's uh it's, it's like trying to read a foreign language and just interpret what you believe the words are supposed to mean in that language that you don't understand or don't read. And you're just kind of like trying to use contextual clues to string it all together. And yeah, you see the word the, and you like can feel like you know what an, that the A's and the H's are in the same uh, symbol in either case. And then you can all, you maybe you work out the word hat or whatever. But, uh, you know, overall you really can't interpret that language that you don't read, right? So preseason statistics are like that. It's like trying to read a foreign language. You're looking at the numbers and you're going, no, I think I know what all these numbers kind of mean. But uh, a preseason game is so ridiculous. It's not a real game. People are trying to accomplish things that aren't conducive to the same results and goals of a real game. That's one. Number two, it's a lot of players who won't be in the NFL. As I said, these are often guys who are not starting, and a lot of them will just end up as key backups or role players, uh, and that's good too. Every good team, every Super Bowl team has strong role players. I mean, I think, you know, even the uh, Buccaneers last year, they have some really talented players, some future uh, Hall of Fame players, uh, but they also just seem to like to have uh, something good going on at every position. And, and that's something that you want to have, of course, as an NFL team. And some of the guys out there tonight will be that for the Rams uh, next season, but most of them won't. And uh, that's fine too. You know, they, they've accomplished an incredible amount to get to this point, to even to play in a preseason game as a, in an NFL, in the NFL, as any player, that's an incredible accomplishment. It doesn't happen for most players, the, you know, over 90% of players in college who, you know, were the best players in their high school and probably still get talked about in that little town today. And they're not, you know, making it into a training camp. And they're the most popular dude at that uh, very small high school. But he was in, you know, and he played for Rutgers. And like, you know, it's like that's the most college players do not get to this point. So it's an incredible accomplishment to get to this point. These guys are getting paid. You know, some of these guys are going to, you know, have real huge careers. And also that's really interesting to just think like uh, how much is on the line if you do have a really good game and there were some players tonight for the Rams who had really good games. And I just wanted to start with Hodges and Perkins because yeah, they, I think they both did things well and the statistics wouldn't really give you the full picture of how they did play. I think that Hodges 
proved to have a strong arm, a good arm. Uh, and he is a player that can do some things well, but also I don't think that he's a player who has the, the full uh, complement of decision-making that will make him a starter in the NFL, but he could be a backup. But again, I think that uh, John Wolford comes out as the backup tonight based on the play here against the Chargers, but also it just seems like even in practice or whatever, it's just not going to be the same as what uh, Sean McVay would like to get out of Devlin Hodges, which you have heard, if you had heard on the broadcast from Aqib Tlaib, I, I was even surprised that Aqib Tlaib was on the Rams at the same time as Devlin Hodges, but that was three training camps ago uh, and, or, you know, it's basically, it's like 2019, right? So two, I guess, but it's the third training camp out of in two years. You know what I'm saying? But that was a time when Aqib Tlaib and uh, John Wolford were on the team together. And uh, now a Tlaib is in the booth. Um, mixed reviews, I think. But uh, it's interesting to hear how that goes for people and for fans. Um, but I would say that, you know, that helps, too, to be around Sean McVay that much. He's probably going to be the most help to Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford's going to need help. You know, the job of a backup quarterback, the fact that Wolford did it all year last year for Jared Goff, came in, won a playoff, didn't win a playoff game, but uh, kind of technically started a playoff win, uh, but, you know, won his start at the end of the season. I think that uh, that says a lot for John Wolford and, uh, there, there's not really anything that either of these guys can do to become the backup of the Rams, I don't think. And they're not going to carry a third quarterback. So uh, it would have to be a really outstanding performance by one of them uh, for all three preseason games, but also, of course, what's going on in training camp. And I don't know if that's really what's happened uh, with the Rams this year in terms of either of these quarterbacks, both of whom have had you know more opportunities than they might have even expected going into training camp because of you know, uh, John Wolford having an appendectomy and, and all that. So I think that uh, it's, it's definitely not John Wolford's job to lose. I think that's safe. And we're talking about the uh, third string. So like, that's another thing, right? The quarterback is such an important player in the NFL, the most important player in the NFL, and none of the starters are out this week. And that changes the uh, game tremendously as we how we have seen when starters go out during the regular season. So that, that really changes the level of competition you're seeing um, all around uh, every other position. So I don't want to downplay the preseason, but I do think uh, somebody's got to. Bryce Perkins also had four carries for 23 yards. As far as the running back competition, which is an important thing, of Daryl Henderson not playing tonight, of course, uh, and won't play in the preseason. Xavier Jones, Jake Funk were the two guys maybe that had the most momentum in terms of who people were talking about being the backup or the complement to Daryl Henderson and then also Raymond Kalai. And uh, the numbers shook out as uh, seven carries for Jones, seven carries for Kalai, and five carries for Funk. Again, I don't want to go over how many yards those carries resulted in because, you know, the, the blocking wasn't very good and, for run blocking, I think. And, uh, you know, that you can't really judge how these results uh, played out. You just got to kind of look at the players and say like, well, how did they look? You know, uh, how did they look? 
and a lot of the times you can't even really evaluate that because they're getting blown up in the backfield by three yards. So as far as trying to like give you an evaluation of how things went in the game, I want to give you all of the real information that I can possibly give you. I want to try and give you everything that I feel like is, is as close to a fact as I can possibly get. And I don't want to, I don't like hyperbole. I don't want to give you something that makes you feel like you're being talked to by uh, a member of the media. Uh, I want you to feel like you are hearing the most true reality of the game. And I, that's also what happens, you know, on the turf showtimes writing side, I feel is just trying to get there to like, Hey, this is as close to a reality. I'm not going to try and push some fake reality on you. I want to give it to you as real as I feel I can possibly give it to you. So to talk about the results of this game in terms of how things went, I just don't think that that would be very real. I think that trying to overhype or uh, get too down on a certain player based on a play or anything like that would be a disservice to you. And I feel like you can get that from a lot of places. I would try and be as real as possible. And I would just say that Xavier Jones, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of good opportunities, even though he had seven carries. Uh, I thought Kalai, obviously, when he was out there on special teams, he did look very, like, fast and nimble. Uh, and sometimes as a runner, you could maybe see a sort of see how that could work, too, in certain situations. But I also thought he was bad at blocking, potentially. Not really my f fair point to make here, either. You know, so if someone heard this, like if Kalai, if you hear this, uh, I, that's probably not even like my fair. Again, I don't want to like overrate this. I saw one play where it looked like, yeah, he basically gave up the sack. So you can, you know, you can sort of go off of that. But that's going to be so key if you were going to be a third down back, right? You have to be able to be pretty, pretty good at pass blocking and, uh, I don't know if that was necessarily going to be a strength anyway, or if anyone really expected that to be a strength there and funk. Also, I didn't feel like these were the opportunities that would resemble what would happen if Jake funk got the ball in a real game in a regular season game with Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein uh, out there. Um, we don't really know what's going on with center and stuff, but uh, with Austin Corbett out there with David Edwards as the blockers and with Tyler Higby as one of your blockers, like, this is such a different game that to say that because of how many yards he got or, or whether or not uh, he went here or there, I'm glad that Jake Funk doesn't appear to have any injuries after this game. And I don't know that anybody suffered any injuries. So that sounds really good to me too. So uh, that's the best news of all, whether or not anybody looked like they'd really come out ahead or behind in this contest. That doesn't really jive with me at this point. Uh, maybe, in the, you know, this is where practice is going to be more valuable than preseason games because in practices you will give Xavier Jones and Jake Funk runs with the ones against the ones. And then it's like, Wow, you got the reigning best defense in the NFL. You've got a really good offensive line with a ton of experience that have worked together for a very long time. You got Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. You know, these are going to be way better ways to judge uh, how the running backs are going to do with the Rams if they have to call upon them. But what, you know, it, there are things I'm sure that Sean McVay, of course, that they're going to take away from this uh, and the film. And uh, there's going to be great teaching moments. So even a bad play could be a good moment for a player. Don't forget, you know, that aspect of this. 
if a player uh, has a fumble like Jacob Harris, he had a fumble in this game, right? And it was recovered. Uh, Jacob Harris also would be a guy that a lot of people would point to as having a great night. Um, but did he have a fumble? Yes, he did have a fumble. Did he have issues with uh, maybe ball security in college and uh, drops? Uh, but he's such a new player at football that you really got to think that all of these opportunities to play in games, all of the fumbles, all of the drops, which I don't know if I saw any of those tonight, uh, but just saying like any of these mistakes that happen, what a great opportunity for them to happen. The preseason is a fantastic time to welcome opportunity uh, to fail. Um, it does also kind of suck if you're uh, not sure you're going to make the team, then it is not a great opportunity to fail. And there were the guys tonight that, you know, might feel the, that way about their performances tonight. But if you feel like you're pretty safely going to make the roster, and I think Jacob Harris is going to do that, uh, then, yeah, it's not that bad, especially because he did have four catches tonight. You know, it's good for him, uh, and he looked good out there doing it. You know, he, he did have a, a catch there on the sideline in the end zone from John Wolford for a touchdown, uh, would-be touchdown that wasn't because it was a little bit out of bounds. Oh, that was Devlin Hodges, and I said John Wolford, hey, I'm just so sure that he's going to be out there eventually. Uh, well, not in the preseason. Well, I don't know exactly, actually. Um, but uh, it does seem like... Jacob Harris would feel like, yeah, there's some good stuff here. You know, that catching that pass out of bounds is going to teach him something when in a real game, when he's out there in the end zone near the end zone line or whatever, you know, that's, that's a teaching moment. So all of this stuff is great teaching moments, great opportunities for coaches. I think, uh, you know, this is Raheem Morris's first game as a defensive coordinator for the Rams. Also, it's only like, you know, his 17th or 20th game as a defensive coordinator, period. So, you know, he needs to now, like, get opportunities to, you know, find out how he likes to best utilize what players he'll have on the field that will be playing for the Rams in the regular season, of course, but then also figuring out which guys are able to execute to the best degree because he's been around, obviously, coaching for a long time. Uh, right there, Right there is, like, you know, one of the most important coaches on a staff for quite a while now um, in his career. So it's a great opportunity for Raheem Morris. It's a great opportunity for Kevin O'Connell to take more uh, responsibilities on as an offensive coordinator. It's, it's a great opportunity for Kevin Carberry, the offensive line coach. So all this stuff is, is great chances to see how things will work or could work or would work. And uh, you know, if a guy makes a mistake tonight, well, great. You know, this is the present moment and anything could happen in the future. So, you know, just take this opportunity here. If you had a, a, a tough game tonight to move forward in the next week of practices and to show out and to showcase that you're not going to make that mistake again and to go out there and, and to be better next week, you know, and to be better the next time there's a preseason game. Uh, obviously, there are going to be like 47 guys who don't make the team. And that's rough. You know, it's basically almost half of all the players who are here right now. And we don't know who those last maybe five, six or seven guys are going to be. But this is this is not the end here. If someone guy had a bad night, a lot of guys didn't get those opportunities even to get out there. So a lot happened uh, tonight. But as far as like trying to t do a lot of takeaways from the game again, I think that's like a disservice if we we're talking about. Uh, statistics or something like that. I will talk about some of the big player names, of course. Tutu Atwell, 
everybody curious about what Tutu Atwell would look like, you know, even in a, on a ram, in a, on an NFL field, like how does he look standing next to some guys more than uh, twice his size? Uh, and I mean, in height, because I don't know if you know this, there's some uh, 10 footers out there. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, he does look smaller than all the other players, but as we've seen with guys like Darren Sproles, not only can that be uh, productive, it can also just be fun. You know, they look faster out there. It's great to see somebody run underneath another player. Um, and he, you know, they were getting him involved early in the game. Uh, he was also involved in punt returns. He had a good punt return that was, uh, called back. Uh, but really who cares uh, about that? And then, uh, yeah, so he had a good punt return. He looks fast. He looks like a player who's going to be able to be a part of the Rams offense this season, you know, and whether or not that's going to be for 15 targets or 30 targets or 50 targets is not really known, but you know, it was clear that uh, after him missing some training camp time, it's good to have him involved and to see, you know, that he is uh, a real uh, guy out there, you know, because up until this point, the most of these players to us are just uh, names and pictures. And uh, there was the Rams first pick this year. I like the pick. I think he's going to be a good player. I like a lot about his background as, uh, you know, a guy who was really not recruited to the degree that he probably deserves to be, even though it was tough to really dissect what was going to happen because he was a quarterback in high school that then uh, moved to wide receiver and for him to become a second round pick uh, in spite of that. And in spite of being 150 or 155 pounds, which is, you know, a good could be 30, could be 60 pounds lighter than some wide receivers. Uh, but there are other things that guys can do. And uh, it looks like, we may see him on special teams and offense this season. Uh, Jacob Harris. Yeah, he looks great. He's a very unique guy as in terms of being an athlete and, and in terms of his football background, uh, high hopes and expectations are totally fair. And uh, I think that patience will have to be exercised with a guy like Harris and to really put it off until, you know, maybe 2022 or 2023, that's fine. It's great. You know, give him some time. Uh, it could take some time is what I believe, even though, well, does that mean that he won't be involved in to some degree this season? No, I just think that in terms of what the Rams really need right now, it would s seem to be like a tight end and at a tight end too, you know, and Bryson Hopkins, it's not a guy that's making a, a very good name for himself in terms of uh, just anything to go off of yet in his career since being drafted last year that would lead us to believe that he's going to play a big part on the Rams. Um, didn't get a snap as a rookie and then didn't uh, really hasn't had heard his name come out of training camp at all and uh, didn't really do anything on Saturday night and didn't really seem to be getting those opportunities uh, like some other guys. So uh, that was maybe one thing to take away from it is that uh, people don't seem to 
really expected Bryson Hopkins to become that tight end to like uh, was hoped as a fourth round pick a year ago. So we'll see, you know, again, Bryson Hopkins can take the next two to three weeks because he's not going to be one of the first cuts or anything like that. He may not get cut at all. I don't know, even know why, if I should be even bringing up the word, I don't mean to use it so flippantly, but I'm just saying the Rams need a tight end too. So is it going to be, you would think it has to be Johnny Munt right now, but this could also be an area of focus eventually for outside help. So we would see how that goes. Uh, so that's one maybe potential takeaway there. Justin Lawler, of course, was also, and maybe not, of course, maybe you haven't heard that much about the game, but Justin Lawler was a standout player that maybe wouldn't necessarily be in, of course, because we've talked about eight or nine linebackers at length all off season. And Justin Lawler was kind of a guy I didn't do that for. And I kind of shoved him way to the back of the room. Now, listen, the guys that were playing a lot tonight, again, are not the starters. You didn't have Kenny Young or whoever in, in, in front of him. You didn't have Trayvon Howard and Micah Kaiser in front of him. This was Justin Lawler's opportunity to start as a third-string linebacker out of a room of, you know, 12 or 13 guys He's going to get in there and be the best opportunity to be the guy that's like, hey, we know Justin Lawler wants to be on this roster. We know Justin Lawler wants to be on this team. He's put in a few years now. He's the most experienced guy. The guys behind him should learn from a guy like Justin Lawler. I'm going to put Justin Lawler, give him that first strike up as a starter. And he goes out there and he has a fantastic first quarter, first half. Um, he was really allowed to play uh, as a, as one of the leaders of the defense because, you know, the guys who are out there have not been around since 2018, you know, so it, it's, it's very good for Justin Lawler to go out there and to also perform well in those circumstances. Is he fighting to be a starter on the Rams? No, he's probably not fighting to be a starter on the Rams. Uh, he is fighting to be maybe, uh, as Jordan Rodriguez pointed out, uh, you know, fighting to maybe be the backup behind Leonard Floyd or uh, to at least uh, be there in the mix at, at outside linebacker to some degree. So, but not as a starter, you know, so it would be a good opportunity there to say that Justin Lawler probably proved himself as being, you know, a player who is quite valuable to the defense, maybe uh, in terms of the experience, the veteran leadership, the ability to go out there and to know his assignments, know what to do, uh, know where to be in these exact circumstances of a preseason game. And also Justin Lawler must've been freaking pumped to be playing in an NFL game after not having a preseason last year after, you know, not always getting those opportunities. And uh, he really gave himself a, a great endorsement tonight. Everybody was talking about him all night long. The Rams account was tweeting about him all night long. Uh, it's a great night for Justin Lawler. And uh, he could really take this opportunity and run with it. Other guys, you know, it's like the mystery of Terrell Lewis and the knee keeps him out of these opportunities without a rookie season last uh, preseason last year, without really having a lot of chances to play in games. Again, the knee of Terrell Lewis keeps him out of a game. Uh, and 
you know, that's not on Terrell Lewis. That's not up to him. You know, that's the way that it has been. It's the way it's been. It's, it's been for a long time. And it's at a risk that the Rams decided to take. And it's still early in his career. But him not being out there and other guys getting a chance to, you know, maybe say why they deserve that spot. Because as much as everybody's a teammate, this is also highly competitive. Guys are fighting for spots and you're not going to, you know, know whether or not it comes down to, you know, Chris Garrett and Terrell Lewis. And you you don't think that Chris Garrett is going to go out there every game and go, this is the difference between me making an NFL team and not being making an NFL team. I need to show that I'm so fast that I'm so smart that I'm so, you know, uh, elusive that they've got to consider taking me with that final roster spot, that final linebacker spot over Terrell Lewis because Terrell Lewis wasn't out there. And that is what, you know, you're trying to what you might try to see in games like this one. And uh, Chris Garrett did, you know, have some good moments on Saturday night. It could be indicative of needing to give him, you know, or, you know, I think he's been getting some pretty good playing time in, in training camp. And it could be indicative of trying to give him some even some more snaps in those situations. Uh, but then also you don't want to necessarily take Terrell Lewis out of those snaps if his knee does get good enough for him to play, you just don't know what the situation is there. Ernest Jones is another name that was brought up a lot and seems to be, that's good too, you know, uh, because those picks, you know, late third round pick, you know, it's not a very good guarantee of anything like that. And then you go out there and you, you put him out there with the uh, first string uh, guys. You put him out there on the field a lot. You know, these things can go poorly and it didn't go poorly. He did a lot of things well. And it seems like, you know, he's a guy that we all know is going to be on the roster. But how much is he going to play in the regular season? He is still maybe fighting to say why he should be a starter, even though I think the team seems to be pretty high. I think on uh, Kenny Young and Troy Reader and Traven Howard and Micah Kaiser, you know, all four of those guys, the team seems to be pretty high on them. So Ernest Jones needs to show why he needs to be on the field in the regular season. That's going to be difficult, but it, it also seems like it could be a great opportunity for him to win a job. And I think that, uh, he did a lot of things really well tonight and guys are going to question why he's not starting. If he does play really well in preseason games, um, but isn't out there in the regular season, I think fans will definitely want to know why that would be. But I think that uh, it was, a, it, it's going to be really interesting to see who those two linebacker jobs do go to. I think that the Rams thinking like this is a super bowl year, which they have, uh, understandable reasons for thinking that I think that if they go like, well, this is a Super Bowl year, it's not like Sean McVay to take out a guy with a lot of experience, you know, a guy that's been around in the system, knowing things, but it it really seems like anything could happen, you know, new, new defensive coordinator and uh, open competitions. So we'll see what happens in the next preseason game, I guess, at least in terms of, Playing time, starters, you're going to see, obviously, that's when you'll see the starters. A lot, a few of them 
uh, returning to the field because I think that the Rams cannot obviously uh, feel too comfortable with some of these guys who will still be starting for the first time and guys who maybe haven't played in a game in a while because of the, the preseason not existing last year. Uh, in terms of the safeties, Kareem Orr, J.R. Reed, Juju Hughes, uh, you heard their names on Saturday night if you were watching for good reasons. Uh, Paris Ford, maybe he didn't uh, have the best performance from the little that I did see of Paris Ford. I don't want to overrate me seeing one missed tackle or whatever, but uh, you know that would be probably a condition that wouldn't work out uh, what am I trying to say there? Nothing good. Uh, hey, look, this is my preseason. I get to make mistakes, and legally speaking, you're not allowed to judge me. Uh, Bronte Harris got a lot of action early in the game and throughout, and uh, speaking of throughout, you know, some quarterbacks threw out a lot of passes towards him, and he had some uh, good opportunities, some good moments, uh, maybe gave up some, you know, or at least was on the other end of a catch or whatever. Uh, but Bronte Harris, again, is just a guy that's fighting for one of those last roster spots right now, and he's out there with the starters and everything. Uh, special teams, not great, uh, if depending on the way you're looking at it, but a missed 38-yard point after by Matt Gay and a missed extra or no and a missed field goal of some degree 40 yards or whatever uh from austin mcginnis so kind of reminiscent of 2020 uh i don't know why people felt so comfortable with the kicker situation all year i really i didn't get that because just last you're not for you forgot last year you forgot last year I know that Greg Zerline was around for a long time and really good for a long time, but surely you've seen some of these other NFL teams over the last, you know, always. Uh, kickers do not have a lot of great consistency. They do not have a great track record for that. So uh, always kind of an open job unless you're Justin Tucker or whatever, speaking of which I think the Ravens have a pretty good backup kicker this year that could be traded. Uh, and punter situation, Corey Bohorquez, um, got some action out there and some did seem to do well. Uh, people will bring up whether or not Johnny Hecker could, uh, be in a, of in a danger of being released. It was brought up on Twitter and such. I, I think that uh, the Rams will stick there with Johnny Hecker, uh, and not worry so much about the, potential savings or the act actual very much savings uh, if he was released, but it is, you know, a difference of like $4 million between him and Bohorquez or, or something like that. So uh, it is not insignificant. And Corey Bohorquez was seemingly a decent punter for the bills last season. Uh, so we would see if anything happens there, but the missed kicks is maybe the one thing you can take away from a preseason game. So, uh, there were some, you know, offensive lines speaking wise, a lot of different ways you could take uh, the performances tonight. But I think again, we're talking about usually, um, backup guys, guys that won't make the final roster. Coleman Shelton started at center. Uh, this could just be a sign that they don't want Brian Allen to be playing tonight because he's a starter. Uh, so that's probably all I would take away from that. 
just a sign that Brian Allen is the starter, um, probably there. So uh, that uh, pretty much sums it up, I think. If anything, I've spoken for way too long. I hope you got a realistic idea of what happened in tonight's preseason game against the LA Chargers and nothing more. If you feel I exaggerated anything, if you feel I fantasized everything, if you feel I uh, it in any way, um, if you feel that I was really just, you know, I had a lot of flowery speech and uh, really oversold it, uh, please let me know in the comments. So that's it. For this episode of Pod TST, the Rams played in a preseason game against the LA Chargers, and it is late at night. <laughs>